Welcome to On the Prowl. Hi, everybody. Welcome to On the Prowl. I'm Robert Evan. And I'm Ramey Johnson. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have Jessica Benson with Grind City Media with us. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. We're glad to have you on. Well, how's your week been so far? It's been good. It's Wednesday. We made it halfway through. I'm ready to go. Uh, we got the NBA Finals starting tonight. It feels like we finally made it, which is awesome. You have MLB playoffs going on, and now that football's kicked off, everything. It's sports, sports, sports. These next two weeks are going to be busy. Who do you have winning the Finals? Uh, I was just talking about this with someone. I'm going to go Lakers and six. That's exactly what I was thinking. I would want the Heat because I was rooting for Jay and Cello. Yeah, I I really would love a Heat win in game one just because I think it would add a little extra fire. Injury. Yeah. yeah. And I just I really don't want a Lakers sweep. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't care that much about who wins, but I just don't want a Lakers sweep. I saw a report saying Dion gets a ring with whoever wins. Yeah. yeah he does. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse. Let's go. Coming from a team like the Grizzlies, seeing the underdog team win, that would be really cool. So, I mean, I think I'm kind of rooting for the Heat in that regard. For sure. Well, we also got a couple of former Grizzlies on the Lakers, I believe. Is that right? You've got connections all over the place. I mean, Dwight Howard was on the team for a hot second. He wasn't yeah. like, on the team, technically speaking. A, a couple of hours. Yeah, a couple of hours. <laughs> no, well, is Troy Daniels still on the team? No, he's uh, with the Nuggets. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Let's start getting into this. What made you want to get into sports radio or broadcasting? I grew up in sports, and uh, it was always a huge part of my life. My dad worked in sports on my mom's side. Her dad was a coach, and so every corner of my life was influenced by sports. And then when it came down to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, that seemed like a, a good start, something that I was really passionate about. I love to write. I also love to perform. I did musical theater on the side in high school, and so kind of blending those two things together. I got a degree in broadcast and digital journalism from the University of Southern California with an emphasis in sports media studies and decided to go the local TV route. So I was a weekend sports anchor. I was a sports director in the Tri-Cities Washington for a little bit. And that's how I ended up in Memphis, uh, working as the weekend sports anchor at the ABC affiliate for a couple of years. Decided to make the jump into the digital space, which is cool and different as this industry continues to change. So now uh, working for Grand City Media and having a show that both functions as a podcast and a YouTube show, and then also doing Grizzlies game day radio broadcasts as well with their pre-post and halftime shows. So that's kind of how it all it all got here, but it just stems from a love for sports. And I feel super lucky that I get to make a living talking about sports. Oh, definitely great. We also had another question tied in with that. What made you get inspired to start a morning show with Megan Triplett called yeah. Rocking Around? This was something that kind of just popped up as a potential opportunity. And I thought it was really great to have this chance of being the first sports show in Memphis driven by not just one woman, but two women. And so I had known Megan from afar. We didn't know each other very well. But when I hopped on board with Grind City Media, the show started developing. And we thought a morning show was a space that 
Memphis could always use more of. And over at Grand City Media, of course, you have the Chris Vernon show that comes on every day at noon. So trying to look at how to build out kind of the day of content for Grand City Media. We go from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. It has been a, a big adjustment for me to become a morning person, especially with sports being back and staying up late. I was up way too late last night. I will be up way too late tonight and making that turnaround. But it's awesome. And uh, one of the things that I love the most about it is just the freedom we have to truly talk about whatever we want to talk about. So national sports, local sports, pop culture, important social issues, um, whatever way the conversation goes, we have a pretty long leash about what we're able to tackle. You had alluded to um, being a woman in this field. So how has it been for you being a woman in a field that's primarily made with men? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you notice. <laughs> like it's You can't get around it. It is yeah. what when you're either in a locker room or in a press conference setting and sometimes you'll look around. I remember, I think it was the Johnny Manziel press conference when he was here for a hot second with the Memphis Express. Oh yeah. <laughs> press conference, I think there were like 26 men and I was the only woman. Oh wow. It doesn't usually stand out to me, which is why that one day just weirdly like pops into my mind. Um, you just, you take what it is and you have to work 10 times harder. You have to make sure you're accurate. You have to try to, I guess, tackle this, this invisible barrier. I guess it's not invisible because you can see that I'm a woman, but <laughs> right off the bat, you have to be like, all right, I know my stuff. I can talk about it. But I always have kind of just gone on the belief of just be yourself. Like if you're in this for the right reasons and you love sports, you're going to make mistakes sometimes. It's okay. Guess what? Every, every man out there who loves sports is going to make mistakes or have a take that is a little iffy or maybe a take that you're really passionate about that other people disagree with. But like, you got to stick to your guns because that's what makes you, you. Yeah. So I'd say it's both a challenge sometimes. I think it's a, it's a positive too, because you are different. And yeah approach the industry in a bit of a different way and it definitely is weird now though for me working with or alongside another woman on a show every day now I'm just like oh yeah like women dominate sports <laughs> we're on there every morning and, and doing our thing so that's great too well you can definitely set yourself apart that way that is very true well what was your big first event that you covered as a reporter um, when I was at the University of Southern California covering USC football seasons was big and then I was fortunate enough to have some really awesome internships so I was over at the Olympics in London working for NBC I worked for Sports Nation for a bit at ESPN and then I worked for the Rose Bowl so being around those events felt huge in the moment in an internship kind of way mm -hmm. uh, then shifting into being a working woman in the sports industry and actually getting paid my first job was in the Tri-Cities, Washington, and it's going to sound so silly, but like my first big event was a high school football state championship. And it was on the other side of the state. You had to drive four hours. It was a big deal. And you had just wall-to-wall -wall games, one after another. The way they did it in Washington State was they're all played in this dome, and they start at nine in the morning, and they go to nine at night, and it's just every classification of football. And that was just... When you're in a small market, you have to make things feel big because that's that's just how it goes. So high school state championships was my national championship game, was my final four, was my Super Bowl. Right. And 
like where I could go and cut my chops and show, hey, look, I'm advancing in this field. So I know it sounds kind of weird to say my, my first big, big event was a, a high school state championship, but it was. Um, and then coming to Memphis, it takes off and you add covering the University of Memphis football team was the first thing that popped up. And then you throw in the University of Memphis basketball season and you go to the Grizzlies games and things just add on top and on top of the other. But I think it all culminates with uh, the biggest event here was the Cotton Bowl last year. And that was probably my favorite working experience yet, period. Um, my fiance is a reporter at Channel 5 and we both were assigned to go. And so to be there with him, working our tails off, working 15 hour days every single day was just something I'll never forget. Well, you mentioned your favorite working experience with Memphis. What would you say your favorite thing about the city of Memphis is? Uh, the food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's definitely a, an added bonus of living in Memphis. But uh, from the first time I came here for my interview, I really just thought that the city had a really good vibe. And that's what I came back and I had to convince my fiance to move down here from <laughs> Washington and we're both West Coast children and grew up there and um, I don't think either of us never expected to live in the South necessarily mm -hmm. uh, but when I came here I just I loved the vibe of the city the the underdog you mentioned it earlier that chip on your shoulder that grit and grind I know roll your eyes like but that is Memphis and that's what makes Memphis so great I agree well Memphis is definitely a fun city to be in if you love sports yes and, and so like not just passionate, but really smart. Like there's really intelligent sports fans in this city and not just in regards to Memphis sports, but NFL, NBA, around the association, not just with the Grizzlies. Um, people just stay really tapped in across the board. Speaking of NFL, our Tennessee team has tested positive, but they're looking at moving the game to either Monday night or Tuesday night. Do you think that'll get to be worked out or do you think it'll be moved in a couple weeks? I think it's one of those things where you really just have to continue to play it by ear. If you had asked me six hours ago, I thought that they were really going to try to get it played on Sunday, no matter what. Now, as you mentioned, they've shifted to hoping to play it Monday, Tuesday. Listen, you, you kind of just have to listen to the virus, right? Like if the COVID-19 outbreak is greater than the eight players that we already know, or not eight players, but the three players and the five administrative people within the Titans who tested positive, um, then you're just going to have to figure it out as you go. And that goes for the Vikings. I know as of this morning, they didn't have any positive tests and they're trying to play their game against the Texans this week. And you just have to be flexible. I think this was something that you hate to say like, oh, we were just waiting for this to happen, but we kind of were. Like we saw how it worked out with Major League Baseball early in the season. We all remember the Marlins. It felt like it was a never-ending saga. Are they ever going to play? Look, now they're in the playoffs. So I think this is just a hiccup that comes with not playing in a bubble during a pandemic. And that game will get made up eventually. There was this kind of understanding that, hey, there might be competitive disadvantages this year in the NFL. And the fact that this is happening to a team that's 3-0, and who's supposed to play another team that's 3-0 and this week, just shows exactly how that can work out. I saw a report saying that the Titans, if they do get to play the game, that they won't be able to practice at all, but the Steelers get to practice all week. Yeah, they can't. I know, uh, as of this morning at least, they weren't able to be in their facilities until Saturday at the earliest. So yeah. do all Zoom meetings, which... 
is crazy to think about how that could impact a game and, and who could be available and coaching wise, like, are we talking assistant coaches who would be absent in the actual game space, all things to look out for. Yeah. But there's also college football as well. And the U of M has obviously been hit by it. So how do you think that will affect the rest of the season for the University of Memphis? Yeah, man, it feels like it's been ages since the University of Memphis last played a football game. Right. We finally <laughs> will get a knock on wood. I don't want to jinx anything, but they should play SMU this weekend. It'll be, you know, Ryan Silverfield has talked about it. You can't say there's not going to be rust when you haven't played in 28 days. So yeah some of that but coming off of their win over Arkansas State that win has just continued to look better it's aged very well oh yeah oh yeah because obviously Arkansas State goes on to beat Kansas State who goes on to beat Oklahoma last week and everyone jokes about like transitive win properties in college football and they're a little silly but still it's good news for Memphis in terms of how competitive they looked in that first game, despite it being the first game in a pandemic with circumstances the way that they are. Um, we'll continue to see what that depth looks like. Uh, the expectation is that some players won't be able to travel with the team. So I'm really interested in how that affects different position groups. But we heard from Brady White today. He's Brady White, as always, that he's going to go out, kick some A. <laughs> and that's <laughs> them to do this weekend against SMU. Oh, I'm ready to see the Tigers again. It's been a long time. Yes. Me too. Well, back on Grizzlies, what has been your favorite memory made so far of the team this from this past season? I think just the excitement of what's to come, right? I mean, everyone talks about how they exceeded expectations this season. You almost made the playoffs. You're a play-in game against a very good Portland team away from making the playoffs in a bubble after a four-month hiatus because of COVID-19. Um, but that just builds for next year. So I hate to – like this was by no means a throwaway year. It ended up being an actual – representation of what this team is so close to being so I would just say you know watching John Morant's rookie season take off going on to be rookie of the year all of his highlight eye popping oh my god did he just do that oh my god can he be safe please land your dunks <laughs> for a very long time here in Memphis um, but I think I that's definitely the big takeaway here and and just this entire youth movement within the Grizzlies and what they can do moving forward in a Western conference that just continues being really tough but the Grizzlies are right in that mix of teams to look out for. I would have to agree 100% because even like everything about this team is young even Taylor Jenkins is like 35 36 yeah. so I mean we're all just going to develop together and it's gonna it's gonna be great in the future so on that what are you most excited for about the future of this team? Um, I'm really excited to just watch the chemistry continue to grow and to watch the relationships between Jaw and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark. I mean, you can't say it enough. The fact that you got John Morant and Brandon Clark in the same draft is just like dynamite. Um, so to see that, I'm really excited to see how Justice Winslow mixes in. Obviously, it was a huge bummer that he ends up getting injured in the bubble. We're not able to see his impact on the team. So that's something that I'm looking forward to immediately. And then for me, just personally, this will be my first NBA season. Like I was able to do the bubble games on the radio broadcast, but it was super weird because no one was there and yeah. we were calling games in an empty arena. Like 
it was the radio crew and the TV crew and the Jumbotron. And that's how you're experiencing just kind of like a glimpse of a Memphis Grizzlies basketball season. So I'm excited for the, the whole thing to be with this team, to learn more about the players, the coaching staff off the court, be able to have some of those conversations too. Cause I guess technically it'll be like my rookie year, even though I had a, a smidgen, but <laughs> so. Yeah. So I'm assuming Joe is your favorite player, but, who would you say is your favorite player if Jaw's not? <laughs> if Jaw's not, I love Brandon Clark. Um, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, and so to have the Gonzaga tie and to see what he was able to do in this first year, coming very close, you know, getting votes in the Rookie of the Year race, not finishing top three, which there was an argument for him there. Yeah. Uh, I just enjoy the way he plays I think the chemistry between him and Jaw continues to grow which is really a fun thing to see um outside of them though I also I love Jonas Valanciunas like he's the oldest guy on this team and but he anchors everything and he's been so important and when you look back in the Grizzlies making the decision to move on officially from the core four and and all the connections that you know left with Mark Gasol going and, and good for him he goes off and he's able to win an NBA title with the Raptors and Mike Conley goes off and joins the Jazz but like Jonas Valanciunas was a huge I don't know it was just a trade for trade so the fact that he has been so impactful for the Grizzlies, um, he's also just like a big dude. <laughs> it's always fun to see what he has to say. When he's, de- he's definitely a fighter for the ball. Yeah. He loves yeah. to put his whole all into it to fight for that ball to be his. Man, if he backs you down, there's no coming back from that. That is a big man. But um, what would you say is are your expectations for this offseason? for this team? Um, in my opinion, I'm expecting a pretty quiet off season. You finally, you know, the, the Jeff Green <laughs> trade is finally done and settled and they'll get their draft pick. Um, you know, there's always rumors buzzing on are the Grizzlies going to be a, a free agent destination. Memphis isn't exactly a destination destination yet. So we'll see how that plays out. But I would anticipate, um, you know, more of the same coming back next year and I think it's just kind of a build up we wait and see when that next year is going to be that's yeah. the big when when is next season yeah yeah I'm just hoping every guy can stay on the team because we all played well I just don't want anyone to leave stay healthy move forward yeah because if we had Jaron and Justice I really I really do feel like we could have made some noise but don't forget Tyus too I mean Tyus Jones yes huge not having a true backup point guard to be able to to come in off the bench what do you expect for the NBA as a whole this coming up season do you I mean we really don't know but yeah I just I think the West will continue to be wild I think the other big storyline is we see where all these coaches end up where's Doc Rivers going to be coaching next year who's going to be coaching the Clippers do the Lakers win it all this year and how does that affect everything uh my fiance is a giant golden state warriors fan so you know will be the expectation of the warriors coming back after this off year and and the return of steph and the return of the warriors to the playoffs which again is just one more team in that western conference mix where it is going to be tough for the grizzlies like this is no cakewalk you have established what he's capable of doing for the mavs you have the nuggets who Please, like, let's see what the – talk about a team that should have most of their pieces coming back. Yeah. Have a massive chip on their shoulders. So oh, yeah. it'll be tough, but it'll be fun, and, and the Grizzlies have the pieces to make some noise. Most definitely. 
Well, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners today? I appreciate you guys listening. and I appreciate you guys having me on the show. You guys are awesome and keep doing what you're doing. And I see one of you has a Titans hat on. The other has Rams gear in the background. So uh, good luck for the rest of the season. <laughs> are you a Daryl Henderson fan? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I plan on getting the jersey pretty soon. Yeah, well, now is a good time to do that. It's been great to see him break out these last two weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on on the Proud Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. You as well. You too. I'm Robert Oden. I'm Ramey Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on the Proud. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop. And we got them high clocks, and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot. With the Mercedes Benz in the coupe, in the coupe. And this shit's so f***ing hard, it's on loop.